preface through chapter three of Irenaeus against heresies book four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by bill mosley Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book Four, translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombaud. Preface One, by transmitting to thee, my very dear friend, this fourth book of the work which is entitled The Detection and Refutation of False Knowledge, I shall, as I have promised, add weight by means of the words of the Lord to what I have already advanced, so that thou also, as thou hast requested, mayest obtain from me the means of confuting all the heretics everywhere, and not permit them, beaten back at all points, to launch out further into the deep of error, or to be drowned in the sea of ignorance but that thou, turning them into the haven of the truth, mayest cause them to attain their salvation. 2. The man, however, who would undertake their conversion, must possess an accurate knowledge of their systems or schemes of doctrine, for it is impossible for any one to heal the sick if he has no knowledge of the disease of the patients. This was the reason that my predecessors, much superior men to myself too, were unable, notwithstanding, to refute the Valentinians satisfactorily, because they were ignorant of these men's system, which I have with all care delivered to thee in the first book, in which I have also shown that their doctrine is a recapitulation of all the heretics. For which reason also, in the second, we have had, as in a mirror, a sight of their entire discomfiture. For they who oppose these men, the Valentinians, by the right method, do thereby oppose all who are of an evil mind and they who overthrow them do in fact overthrow every kind of heresy. 3. For their system is blasphemous above all others, since they represent that the Maker and Framer, who is one God, as I have shown, was produced from a defect or apostasy. They utter blasphemy also against our Lord, by cutting off and dividing Jesus from Christ, and Christ from the Savior, and again the Savior from the Word, and the Word from the Only Begotten. And since they allege that the Creator originated from a defect or apostasy, so have they also taught that Christ and the Holy Spirit were emitted on account of this defect and that the Savior was a product of those eons who were produced from a defect, so that there is nothing but blasphemy to be found among them. In the preceding book, then, the ideas of the apostles, 
as to all these points have been set forth, to the effect that not only did they, who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word of truth, hold no such opinions, but that they did also preach to us to shun these doctrines, foreseeing by the Spirit those weak-minded persons who should be led astray. 4. For as the serpent beguiled Eve by promising her what he had not himself, so also do these men by pretending to possess superior knowledge and to be acquainted with ineffable mysteries, and by promising that admittance which they speak of as taking place within the pleroma, plunge those that believe them into death, rendering them apostates from him who made them. And at that time, indeed, the apostate angel, having effected the disobedience of mankind by means of the serpent, imagined that he escaped the notice of the Lord. Wherefore, God assigned him the form and name of a serpent. But now, since the last times are come upon us, evil is spread abroad among men, which not only renders them apostates, but by many machinations does the devil raise up blasphemers against the Creator namely by means of all the heretics already mentioned. For all these, although they issue forth from diverse regions and promulgate different opinions, do nevertheless concur in the same blasphemous design, wounding men unto death by teaching blasphemy against God our Maker and Supporter, and derogating from the salvation of man. Now, man is a mixed organization of soul and flesh, who was formed after the likeness of God, and molded by his hands, that is, by the Son and Holy Spirit, to whom also he said, Let us make man. This, then, is the aim of him who envies our life, to render men disbelievers in their own salvation and blasphemous against God the Creator. For whatsoever all the heretics may have advanced with the utmost solemnity, they come to this at last, that they blaspheme the Creator, and disallow the salvation of God's workmanship, which the flesh truly is, on behalf of which I have proved in a variety of ways that the Son of God accomplished the whole dispensation of mercy, and have shown that there is none other called God by the Scriptures except the Father of all and the Son, and those who possess the adoption. Chapter 1 The Lord Acknowledged But One God and Father 1. Since, therefore, this is sure and steadfast, that no other God or Lord was announced by the Spirit except Him who, as God, rules over all, together with His Word, and those who receive the Spirit of adoption, that is, those who believe in the one and true God, and in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
and likewise that the apostles did of themselves term no one else as God, or name no other as Lord, and what is much more important, since it is true, that our Lord acted likewise, who did also command us to confess no one as Father, except him who is in the heavens, who is the one God and the one Father. Those things are clearly shown to be false which these deceivers and most perverse sophists advance, maintaining that the being whom they have themselves invented is by nature both God and Father, but that the demiurge is naturally neither God nor Father, but is so termed merely by courtesy, verbo tenus, because of his ruling the creation. These perverse mythologists state, setting their thoughts against God, and putting aside the doctrine of Christ, and of themselves divining falsehoods, they dispute against the entire dispensation of God. For they maintain that their eons, and gods, and fathers, and lords, are also still further termed heavens, together with their mother, whom they do also call the earth and Jerusalem, while they also style her many other names. 2. Now to whom is it not clear that if the Lord had known many fathers and gods, he would not have taught his disciples to know only one God and to call him alone Father, but he did the rather distinguish those who by word merely, verbo tenus, are termed gods, from him who is truly God, that they should not err as to his doctrine, nor understand one in mistake for another. And if he did indeed teach us to call one being Father and God, while he does from time to time himself confess other fathers and gods in the same sense, then he will appear to enjoin a different course upon his disciples from what he follows himself. Such conduct, however, does not bespeak the good teacher, but a misleading and invidious one. The apostles, too, according to these men's showing, are proved to be transgressors of the commandment, since they confess the Creator as God and Lord and Father, as I have shown if he is not alone God and Father. Jesus, therefore, will be to them the author and teacher of such transgression, inasmuch as he commanded that one being should be called Father, thus imposing upon them the necessity of confessing the Creator as their Father, as has been pointed out. Chapter 2 proofs from the plain testimony of Moses and of the other prophets, whose words are the words of Christ, that there is but one God, the founder of the world, whom our Lord preached and whom he called his Father. 1. Moses, therefore, making a recapitulation of the whole law, which he had received from the Creator, Demiurge, Thus speaks in Deuteronomy, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, 
and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Again, David, saying that his help came from the Lord, asserts, My help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And Esaias confesses that words were uttered by God, who made heaven and earth, and governs them. He says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. And again, Thus saith the Lord God, who made the heaven, and stretched it out, who established the earth, and the things in it, and who giveth breath to the people upon it, and spirit to them who walk therein. 2. Again, our Lord Jesus Christ confesses this same being as his Father, where he says, I confess to thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. What Father will those men have us to understand by these words? Those who are most perverse sophists of Pandora. Whether shall it be Bithus, whom they have fabled of themselves, or their mother, or the only begotten? Or shall it be he whom the Marcionites and the others have invented as God, whom I indeed have amply demonstrated to be no God at all? Or shall it be, what is really the case, the maker of heaven and earth, whom also the prophets proclaimed, whom Christ, too, confesses as his Father, whom also the law announces, saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. 3. But since the writings, literae, of Moses are the words of Christ, he does himself declare to the Jews, as John has recorded in the Gospel, If ye had believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, neither shall ye believe my words. He thus indicates, in the clearest manner, that the writings of Moses are his words. If then this be the case with regard to Moses, so also, beyond a doubt, the words of the other prophets are his words, as I have pointed out. And again, the Lord himself exhibits Abraham as having said to the rich man, with reference to all those who were still alive, If they do not obey Moses and the prophets, neither if any one were to rise from the dead and go to them, will they believe him. 4. Now, he has not merely related to us a story respecting a poor man and a rich one, but he has taught us, in the first place, that no one should lead a luxurious life, nor living in worldly pleasures and perpetual feastings, should be the slave of his lusts, and forget God. For there was, he says, a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and delighted himself with splendid feasts. 5. Of such persons, too, the Spirit has spoken by Esaias. 
They drink wine with the accompaniment of harps and tablets and psalteries and flutes, but they regard not the works of God, neither do they consider the work of his hands. Lest, therefore, we should incur the same punishment as these men, the Lord reveals to us their end, showing at the same time that if they obeyed Moses and the prophets, they would believe in him whom these had preached, the Son of God, who rose from the dead and bestows life upon us, and he shows that all are from one essence, that is, Abraham and Moses and the prophets, and also the Lord himself, who rose from the dead, in whom many believe, who are of the circumcision, who do also hear Moses and the prophets announcing the coming of the Son of God. But those who scoff at the truth assert that these men were from another essence, and they do not know the first begotten from the dead, understanding Christ as a distinct being who continued as if he were impassable, and Jesus, who suffered, as being altogether separate from him. 6. For they do not receive from the Father the knowledge of the Son, neither do they learn who the Father is from the Son, who teaches clearly and without parables, him who truly is God. He says, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. For these words are evidently spoken with reference to the Creator, as also Esaias says, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. And besides this being, there is no other God. Otherwise, he would not be termed by the Lord either God or the great king. For a being who can be so described admits neither of any other being compared with nor set above him. For he who has any superior over him and is under the power of another, this being never can be called either God or the great king. 7. But neither will these men be able to maintain that such words were uttered in an ironical manner, since it is proved to them by the words themselves that they were in earnest. For he who uttered them was truth and did truly vindicate his own house by driving out of it the changers of money who were buying and selling, saying unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And what reason had he for thus doing and saying and vindicating his house? if he did preach another god. But he did so that he might point out the transgressors of his father's law. For neither did he bring any accusations against the house, 
nor did he blame the law which he had come to fulfill. But he reproved those who were putting his house to an improper use, and those who were transgressing the law. And therefore the scribes and Pharisees, too, who from the times of the law had begun to despise God, did not receive his word, that is, they did not believe on Christ. Of these, Esaias says, Thy princes are rebellious, companions of thieves, loving gifts, following after rewards, not judging the fatherless, and negligent of the cause of the widows. And Jeremiah, in like manner, they, he says, who rule my people, did not know me. They are senseless and imprudent children. They are wise to do evil, but to do well they have no knowledge. 8. But as many as feared God and were anxious about his law, these ran to Christ and were all saved. For he said to his disciples, Go ye to the sheep of the house of Israel, which have perished. And many more Samaritans, it is said, when the Lord had tarried among them two days, believed because of his words, and said to the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we ourselves have heard him, and know that this man is truly the Savior of the world. And Paul likewise declares, And so all Israel shall be saved. But he has also said that the law was our pedagogue to bring us to Christ Jesus. Let them not therefore ascribe to the law the unbelief of certain among them, for the law never hindered them from believing in the Son of God. Nay, it even exhorted them so to do, saying that men can be saved in no other way from the old wound of the serpent than by believing in him who, in the likeness of sinful flesh, is lifted up from the earth upon the tree of martyrdom, and draws all things to himself, and vivifies the dead. Chapter 3 Answer to the Cavils of the Gnostics We are not to suppose that the true God can be changed, or come to an end, because the heavens which are his throne and the earth his footstool shall pass away. 1. Again, as to their malignantly asserting that if heaven is indeed the throne of God and earth his footstool, and if it is declared that the heaven and earth shall pass away, then when these pass away, the God who sitteth above must also pass away, and therefore he cannot be the God who is over all. In the first place, they are ignorant what the expression means, that heaven is his throne and earth his footstool. For they do not know what God is, but they imagine that he sits after the fashion of a man and is contained within bounds, but does not contain. And they are also unacquainted with the meaning of the passing away of the heaven and earth. But Paul was not 
ignorant of it when he declared, For the figure of this world passeth away. In the next place, David explains their question, for he says that when the fashion of this world passes away, not only shall God remain, but his servants also, expressing himself thus in the 101st Psalm. In the beginning thou, O Lord, hast founded the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure and all shall wax old as a garment, and as a vesture thou shalt change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established forever. Pointing out plainly what things they are that pass away, and who it is that doth endure forever, God, together with his servants. And in like manner, Esaias says, Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look upon the earth beneath, for the heaven has been set together as smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they who dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be for ever, and my righteousness shall not pass away. End of Book 4 Preface through Chapter 3 Recording by Bill Mosley, Frellsburg, Texas